Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. I'm glad that you're here today. Coming up on the show, we have news, weather, and sports. I will talk in studio with a Mansfield resident who works on a national campaign that helps the area be a safer place to live. We also have the Mansfield events calendar, and we will conclude with your chance to win a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden Grill with the trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at this week's headlines. Little League Crook gets sent to Big League Prison. The race for the mayor's seat expands to four. Mansfield ISD names a new chief of police. District high schoolers show their leadership skills. The Chamber of Commerce recognizes the best of the best. What color will you wear this Monday? And our unscientific poll question, what's the best concert you've ever attended? We have the answers along with your weekly weather forecast and local sports. The news starts in 30 seconds. This is About Mansfield. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to About Mansfield. A parent volunteer who stole more than $295,000 from the Mansfield Youth Baseball Association has been sentenced to eight years in prison and restitution payments. 52-year-old Jennifer Sue Wittiven of Arlington first began volunteering for the nonprofit association when her child was playing baseball with MYBA. As the association's treasurer, between January 2012 and July 2018, she illegally used her access to make unauthorized cash withdrawals and write fraudulent checks, which eventually ended up to almost $300,000. When Wittiven's theft was discovered, she claimed that she stole the money to pay for family medical bills, but a forensic accounting analysis showed that she spent only 2% of the funds on medical costs while spending much higher amounts on non-essentials, such as $22,000 on Amazon purchases and almost $50,000 on fast food and restaurants. Wittiven pled guilty to the charge of theft of property $150,000 to $300,000, normally a second-degree felony that was enhanced to first degree because the victim organization was a non-profit. Longtime Mansfield resident Skeeter Presley took to social media last week to announce his candidacy and now the fourth citizen to seek the mayor's seat in May's special election. Mayor David Cook is leaving his post to run for District 96 of the State House of Representatives. Presley, who is vice president of an Arlington-based janitorial service and supply company, has yet to officially file his paperwork, but when he does, will join the ballot along with Michael Evans and Brett Newsom as well as Terry Moore, who has announced his intentions but has yet to officially file. The last day to file for the special election mayor's race, as well as Council Place 2, is Tuesday, March 3rd. The last day to file for the general election, Council Places 6 and 7, is Friday, February 14th. The general and special elections are scheduled for Saturday, May 2nd. 
Mansfield ISD has named Greg Minter as the new chief of police. Minter has served 22 years in law enforcement, including 15 years with MISD, and was previously the district's assistant police chief. The chief of police position became vacant after Jimmy Womack announced his retirement. Minter is a Texas native, a master peace officer, and a graduate of the Bill Blackwood Law Enforcement Leadership Command College. 21 students in Ben Barber Innovation Academy's DECA Club will be advancing to the state competition in February. The MISD students finished in the top eight places of their category, beating dozens of other students from across the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex who were competing against them. DECA, which stands for Distributive Education Clubs of America, prepares emerging leaders and entrepreneurs in marketing, finance, hospitality, and management. The state competition will be held February 20th through 22nd in Fort Worth with more than 4,800 students and advisors in attendance. Ben Barber has more than 100 DECA members who represent all MISD high schools. Texas DECA is the largest DECA association in the world, consisting of more than 14,000 statewide members. The Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce hosted the 2019 Chamber Business Awards Banquet Friday night at Walnut Creek Country Club and celebrated this year's winners. Outstanding Large Business of the Year, Mauser Electronics. Outstanding Small Business of the Year, Frost Bank. New Member of the Year, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio and Spa. Community Service of the Year, Arlington Mansfield Area YMCA. And the Volunteer of the Year, Gary Giddings of Big D Barbecue. Congratulations to this year's winners and nominees. The Mansfield School District is encouraging the community to wear a color this coming Monday that represents a cancer that affected the life of a loved one as part of their monthly Colors for Caring Mondays campaign. The Colors for Caring Day for February is scheduled for this Monday, February 3rd. The Colors for Caring initiative was implemented by former Superintendent Dr. Jim Vazasquez in 2015 after the support that he received during his bout with thymoma cancer. You can prepare your attire for Monday by viewing the cancer color chart on our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on links. So what color will you wear? Personally, I'm thinking a combination of pink and white. Let's check the weather. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas? Mansfield for the next seven days. Wednesday, 52 degrees Fahrenheit and partly sunny weather. Thursday, 52 degrees and showers. Friday, 57 degrees and intermittent clouds. Saturday, 67 degrees and lots of sun. Sunday, 74 degrees and partly sunny weather. Monday, 73 degrees and intermittent clouds. Tuesday, 62 degrees and mostly sunny weather. Sunday and Monday in the 70s sounds like a great time to get outdoors. Let's check the local sports. Home games in Mansfield this week include on Friday, the 31st of January, girls and boys district basketball games taking place at the Mansfield High School gyms starts at 3.30. Lake Ridge basketball, we've got the men playing at 3.30 and the women, the Lady Eagles, playing at 6 o'clock at the Lake Ridge gym. Lake Ridge soccer versus Waxahachie starts at 4.30 at the Lake Ridge football field. In Legacy, on Friday the 31st, we have women's basketball starting at 
5.30 and men's basketball at 6 o'clock at the Legacy Gym. We also have Legacy Varsity Women's Soccer starting at 6 p.m. and Legacy Men's Soccer starting at 8 p.m., both on Friday the 31st at the Legacy Football Stadium. Mansfield Varsity Basketball Lady Tigers play at 6 p.m. at the Mansfield Gym. On Saturday, February 1st, Lake Ridge Varsity Softball takes place there at Lake Ridge, 11 a.m. Tuesday, February 4th, Mansfield versus Lake Ridge Ladies Soccer, 4.30 in the afternoon at Mansfield High. Lake Ridge Men's Soccer, 4.30 at Lake Ridge. And Summit Men's and Women's Basketball takes place at Summit High School. Taking a look at the National Day of for the upcoming week, on Wednesday the 29th, it is National Corn Chip Day. Thursday the 30th, National Inane Answering Machine Day. Friday the 31st, Inspire Your Heart with Art Day. Saturday, February 1st, is Spunky Old Broads Day. Sunday, February 2nd, is not only Groundhog Day, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Monday, February 3rd, is Feed the Birds Day, while Tuesday the 4th, Thank a Mail Carrier Day. Thank you, Myra. In this week's Unscientific Poll, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio once again took to the internet and asked the question, what's the best concert you've ever attended? And it appears there are more country fans in Mansfield than rock and rollers. The third best concert, Jimmy Buffett. The second best, George Strait. And the number one, what's the best concert you've ever attended? Garth Brooks. We'll have the results of another unscientific poll next week. That's a look at news, weather, and sports. If you have a news tip that you would like us to follow up on, send us an email, news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. When we come back, we will talk in studio with John Geierman of Free for Life International about how you can make Mansfield a better place to live. We're back in 30 seconds. You're listening to About Mansfield. Hi, Grandma. Can Nina come over for dinner? Sure. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! If anyone ever does, I want you to say, no, I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. I promise, Grandma. They really do hear you. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the studios of Podcast Mansfield. And in the studio today, we're going to get a little serious today with a topic uh, regarding an organization called Free for Life International. And in the studio today is a Mansfield resident, John Geierman. And John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you uh, having me in today. We're going to go broad for a bit and kind of work our way uh, more local. So let's start with what is Free for Life International and how long has it been around? So Free for Life has been around for about 14 years. It was uh, started by a young lady named Colette Barcu uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. And she had an organization ran that on her own with kind of her husband and and friend support for about 10 years. Uh, She developed three and a half years ago or so, developed some medical conditions, and she saw the future of the organization at risk. Uh, So she hired an executive director and started placing a board. And I came on three or four months after that. I had an invitation through a, um, there's an organization also based in Nashville called Retail ROI. 
which is Retail Orphan Initiative. It's made up of retailers who leverage their experience, relationships, and resources to help disadvantaged children all over the world. And Free for Life happens to be one of the organizations that Retail ROI supports. What is the main focus of Free for Life? Free for Life International was founded to help support victims of trafficking, create education and awareness around trafficking and human exploitation. We also support through uh, border monitoring stations, so rescue and restoration, um, sustainability projects, for survivors, et cetera, et cetera. Most people who get involved with nonprofit organizations either do it because it's it sounds fascinating or they have a personal experience in, in this. So why did you get involved with this? That's an interesting question, and I don't know that I have a other, a, an amazing answer other than the fact that I have two daughters and I have a wife, obviously, and sure. um, just... The expanse of the horror, I had no idea that that, that that type of evil and level of evil existed and that it's actually in our backyard. Um, so as I started talking to the executive director um, and, and asked how I could support their organization, and she asked for me to join the board, um, it, it was really kind of an opportunity for me to leverage the things, my background and my skill set to help the organization in a significant way. Um, and it's just, it's a cause that I just, I feel very passionate about. Describe what trafficking is and how it has affected North Texas. Awesome. Thank you for asking. Um, so trafficking can happen in several different ways, and, and it, it could be forced labor. Um, so you could have the promise of a job opportunity, and when somebody travels, so they'll they'll provide tickets, they'll provide, uh, you're going to come here, you're going to work in my hotel, and you're going to do cleaning. Well, then when you get here, they take your passport and say, hey, we need to make a copy of this for our files. They never return them. And then they then they say, well, oh, by the way, you owe us $50,000 for the travel that we arranged for you, for your housing, for your food, for your, your, your life sustainability. And they're required to work that off. And what they find very quickly is that they're not cleaning rooms, but they're potentially, sometimes they are, sometimes it's f- forced labor. Um, and, and, and in many cases, unfortunately, what it is, is it's becomes um, sexual services that are sold. This is not just a third world issue, then. It, it's here in the United States. This is happening in our backyard, and it, it, it actually looks a little different um, in America. It's, 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 a, it's a very psychological type of situation. It, it, that was kind of my perception. It seems like I run into a lot of people with kind of two trains of thought around this, that number one, these people are, this only happens in third world countries. Yeah. which is not at all true. I mean, there was a, a year and a half ago, there was a bust a block away from here in Mansfield, Texas, um, at a massage parlor where two girls were identified as being held against their will to perform sexual acts. Literally a block away from here, our, where we are. Here in Mansfield? Yes. Wow. Yes. January 2018. Absolutely. So this is happening everywhere. Um, so there is a trafficking hotline. Texas is the second most populated state that where they're receiving their calls from. Dallas is the second most populous city where these calls are coming from. Houston is number one. Right. And then states, California is number one. And, and uh, you know, a lot of this traffic, if you look at a map, I-35 comes straight up out of Mexico, and it's it's a it's an artery. So Dallas is kind of a sorting hub, a cross dock, if you will. So this is where everybody, they bring them to Dallas and Fort Worth, and they distribute these people all over the United States, and they all come through Dallas-Fort Worth. How can citizens recognize is or is there a way for citizens to recognize that uh, a, a girl may be in distress because of trafficking? Is, is that possible to see? I, I think so. I think there's some pretty pretty simple signs. Um, I think you know somebody that won't look you in the eye. They just have a, a, a kind of an odd yeah. lack of confidence. You know, not just a natural kind of introverted kind of lack of confidence type of thing. Um, but somebody that really looks like maybe they're not being allowed to look people in the eye, and particularly. 
younger girls. You know, if you've got a potentially a, a young girl with an older, much older guy um, or a guy that looks to be very, very aggressive, um, you know, particularly with your kids, if your kids are, you know, there's always that balance of, well, I'm, I don't want to be looking over their shoulder. But, you know, if your kids are really intentionally not letting you look at their technology, they're not looking yeah. at the, don't look at my phone or you pick up their phone and they get very, very anxious about it. That's a red sign. Young girls or even young boys that all of a sudden have kind of expensive gifts that you wouldn't really associate them to have or there because in a lot of these recruitment type of practices um, these guys who target these kids and it, and it is generally kids unfortunately but they you know they take them out they try to find out well what do you want to do and they buy them gifts and they get their nails done and they get their hair done and they do all these nice things for them to try to build that relationship so if you see an individual who all of a sudden is kind of acting different wearing different clothes etc cetera, etc cetera, that's also a red sign a red flag and people shouldn't go up to these kids and say, you know, are you okay? Or should they? You know, I think it kind of depends on the situation and how how you perceive. If they're with somebody, you don't want to go up and confront right. them. That could create a really nasty situation, I would think, right? Um, so the, the human trafficking awareness hotline is something that I would utilize. It, it, that's always, to me, a better strategy than calling local law enforcement. Local law enforcement is going to say, well, we need proof. Did you see this? Did you see that? Do you have What kind of evidence do you have? Where the trafficking hotline is going to work with resources in the area, even if it's an immediate situation. And that's one thing that Free for Life is working with. We're, we're working very, very closely now with the medical profession, um, with the hospitality profession, the hotel industry, education. So we've actually created a preventative curriculum and an identification curriculum for all these industries. I actually had a, a conversation this past week with an executive from IHG, which is Holiday Inn, Crown, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they are really invested in this. So they're creating an awareness campaign, and we're working very closely with them on that nationwide to be able to train and educate their staffers to see the signs. You know, if, if a young lady's dropped off, and, you know, the guy comes in, pays for the room, and then a, a young lady goes up to a room and she's there and guys coming in and out. It's pretty obvious what's going on, right? So their staff is being trained to be able to identify those types of situations. Let's go back. You mentioned the hotline. Do you have a hotline number? Yeah. So the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-373-7888. And I would encourage, and they also take texts at that number. So if you, you want to be a little more anonymous or you, you, you're pressed for time, you can text that number as well. 888-373-7888. And these aren't prostitutes. These aren't girls that are making bad decisions. These are actually, they're slaves. Is that correct? They are. They are. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. You know, there, today there's an estimated 40.3 million people in, in slavery worldwide, more than ever in the history of our world. We have 40 more, million. 40 million. Oh, my gosh. And, and obviously they don't respond to the census, right? So this is probably a light estimate. Um, it's it's very quickly becoming for organized crime and, and cartels. It's becoming the number two source of revenue because you can sell a firearm and narcotics once to an individual and you've got to replenish the person. You can sell multiple times a day. And that, that's the reality of what's happening. And not to be too graphic, I was in a situation in Mexico City um, where the hotels actually have ice blocks and the, the young ladies sit on these ice blocks because they're servicing so many individuals a day. That's to, to reduce the swelling, quite wow. frankly. What are the red flags and how do I protect my children and loved ones from, uh, from becoming trafficked? 
again, I think a lot of conversation and awareness. Um, I think looking for any of those changes that we had discussed earlier in regards to they're hanging out with an individual that you may not have recognized or have known from their friend circle in the past, particularly if they happen to be a little older than what you would think that they should be. Gifts that are unexplainable, especially things that might be out of their price range that they wouldn't have normally been able to get in the past. And, and again, a lot, a lot of conversation and monitoring technology. I, 50% of the young girls um, in one recent study, 50% of the young girls that were identified as being targeted failed to say anything because they said that they were scared that their technology would be taken away. If somebody found out that somebody had reached out to them, even if they had not interacted or responded, they didn't mention it to their mom or dad because they were scared that they'd take their phone away. Hmm. So you got to be aware. You got to be aware, and you got to have conversations. And and you know, to go back to one of your questions earlier, um, are these people victims? I, I would say eighty nine percent. Again, and another um, another study that was done very recently, eighty nine percent of victims of trafficking have either been incarcerated with the police or in a medical situation where they were treated as a victim, and nobody ever asked if they were doing this because it was they were being forced or coerced to. Right. So if somebody had just simply asked, are you okay? Do you need help? That could have been the trigger that potentially gave them the courage to step out of this lifestyle. How does Free for Life International work? So Free for Life International focuses on um, border monitoring, which so we actually have border monitoring stations and we, we provide the revenue and resources to be able to operate those. So if they have potential victims that are being trafficked from India to Nepal or vice versa, for instance, we're able to create metrics. And, and the data that we're getting from that is very valuable as well is to understand what those situations look like. And we also have sustainability projects. So we have safe houses and we're creating situations where survivors, if they cannot be put back with their family or they, they can't be replaced, in a lot of cases, their families are the ones that put them in the situation or sold them into trafficking. So we have sustainability. We teach them a sustainable skill, whether it's farming, it's agriculture, it's um, tailoring or what have you, right? Farming and things like right. that. So we also have a, um, we're supporting schools for survivors in Thailand. Um, we are educating people all over the United States. We've actually partnered with an organization called Control-Alt-Delete that have created a, a school-in-a-box program, which is very, very cool. So they'll they'll send a flight case with 15 Android-type devices that have a K-12 through curriculum built to them. They're self-powered. They don't need Wi-Fi. The curriculum's already installed. They send these things all over the world, and we're actually putting our curriculum, our anti-prevention curriculum, and education curriculum on these, and they're going all over the world. We, we just spoke at a, a, a Latin America orphan conference in Guatemala two weeks ago. Um, we have 40 organizations that are now reaching out to us. We've created a world-class preventative education curriculum that we're offering to free to any organization that wants it. So we have, as I said, 40 organizations that are saying, hey, and it's a train the trainer program. So we'll send you the facilitator's guide and the participant guide, and they get this amazing curriculum that they're able to then share within their school, their orphanage, or whatever their facility happens to be. Um, So preventative. And then we're also offering scholarships. So we have currently nine survivors that have now stepped out of that lifestyle. They are pursuing higher education opportunities, college opportunities, sure. and we are paying either all or a portion of their uh, of their collegiate expenses. Wow. You mentioned so far in this interview three countries, India, Guatemala, and, and Mexico. Where is the majority of trafficking coming from? 
I can't tell you that this is where the, the prospects are coming from or the victims are coming from, but I think the usage is growing exponentially in the United States, which is goes back to a question that you started with, is, is this a third world thing? Um, it's absolutely not. It's happening everywhere. And, you know, when you have a major sporting event, you have the Final Four, you have a... Uh, a Super Bowl, you have a whatever World Series, it ramps up and they're bussing these people in. You know, and, and quite frankly, it's not going to stop until I think, in my opinion, there's harsher penalties for the, the end user, the person who's demanding the service. How can the people that are listening right now get involved with Free for Life International? Um, well, obviously, you can go to our website, freeforlifeinternational.org. You can call. You can uh, look at our Twitter. You can stay involved with us on Facebook and interact with us there. We do have a North Texas chapter. We have a Georgia chapter. Um, but we'd love to have people attend any of our North Texas events. We have a lot of educational events. And then we always encourage, if if you've got an opportunity here in the community where you'd like somebody to come speak or to educate your group, whether it's a work group or a nonprofit group or whatever you, you would like, we're happy to come support you in those efforts. Give the website again. Freeforlifeinternational.org. Freeforlifeinternational.org. And again, the hotline, if you suspect any suspicious activity, 888-373-7888. Again, 888-373-7888. John Geierman, uh, this has been fascinating. I appreciate you having me in today. Thank you very much for taking your time to learn a little bit more and, and allow the, uh, the people listening to um, understand a little bit more about trafficking and have an opportunity to educate themselves. Again, I, I, I think it's a problem that's growing and getting bigger and bigger, and uh, hopefully with all of us watching out, we can, we can put an end to it. Appreciate you being here on About Mansfield. Thanks, John. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Taking a look at the events calendar for Mansfield, Texas for the next few days. It's Wednesday, January 29th. Jimmy Jams and the Noise performs at Market Street's Tap House 16 starting at 6.30. Girl Scout Cookie and Wine Pairing also at 6.30 at Poured. And Posture and Injury Prevention takes place also at 6.30 at Run United. On Thursday, January 30th, it's Senior Night Celebrates the Mansfield Hockey Class of 2020 at the Star Center at 7.30. The musical stylings of Sandy Bottoms performs at 6.30 at Dirty Job Brewing. King George, a tribute to George Strait, performs at Fat Daddy's starting at 8 p.m. And Shiner S'more Pint Night, also at Fat Daddy's, starting at 6 p.m. On Friday, January 31st, Tinley Michael performs 7 p.m. at Flying Squirrel Coffee Company. Local Spotlight Cameron performs 7.30 at the Far Best Theater. Marissa Chibley performs Fat Friday's Happy Hour at Fat Daddy's at 5 p.m. And Friday Night Magic, 7 p.m. at Oblivion Games. On Saturday, February 1st, a sweet princess tea party takes place at 2 p.m. Dance Academy of Mansfield. Super Bowl Bratwursts, presented by the Knights of Columbus after all Saturday and Sunday Masses at St. Jude Catholic Church. Fish City Grill has their crawfish cookout starting at 11 a.m. 
PAC 788 Pinewood Derby starts at 10 a.m. at the Mansfield Church of Christ. And Kid 6 performs at Fat Daddy's at 9 p.m. On Sunday, February 2nd, Sensory Jump with House of Hope for Autism takes place at 10 a.m. at Urban Air. The Championship Series All-Star Sunday takes place at the Fieldhouse USA at 10 a.m. Finally, Tuesday, February 4th, the High Tide Scuba's February Social takes place at 6 p.m. at the Dixie House Cafe. Many families move to Mansfield because of the schools. Fifteen years ago, my wife and I had a choice to make, and we chose to live within a 30-minute drive of UT Arlington. We could have chosen to live in Grand Prairie, North Richland Hills, the HEB area, Fort Worth, or Arlington itself, but we did our homework and we liked what the Mansfield school system had to offer. It was the exemplary schools that made the difference, and part of the exemplary experience is allowing the students and parents to self-police the district's policy. There's a school district superintendent in Mont Bellevue, Texas, about 30 miles east of Houston, who believes he holds his student body students to, quote, a higher standard, unquote. And with that higher standard comes the story of Barbers Hill High School senior DeAndre Arnold, an 18-year-old African-American who, like any other high school senior, is looking forward to prom and eventually graduation day. The graduation roadblock that Mr. Arnold is facing is one superintendent, Dr. Greg Poole. According to a story published in last week's Washington Post, DeAndre's dreadlocks are too long. DeAndre has been wearing his hair in locks since the seventh grade. Let me repeat that. Since the seventh grade. As his hair grew, he and his mother, Sandy Arnold, would cornrow it down, intricately tie it up, and make sure that his hair is off the collar, away from his earlobes, and out of his eyes so he could meet the school district's dress code policy. Yet the district has banned him from attending classes until he cuts his hair. According to the Baytown Sun newspaper, back in 2017, four-year-old American Indian student Jabez Oates was barred from Barber's Hill kindergarten center for having hair too long. This led to a subsequent investigation with the U.S. Department of Justice. Last year, the DOJ said Barbers Hill was not in violation, but made suggestions to change the hair portion of the district's dress code. Is this a racial issue? You decide. African Americans make up 3.1% of the school district's population. The school board is entirely Caucasian. The students in the Barbers Hill School District are being held to such a high standard that the word hair appears 24 times in the 112-page student handbook, including clean hair, well-groomed hair, unnatural hair color or color variation in hair, ribbons or hair accessories should be appropriate to the hairstyle. It even addresses facial hairs and that students must be clean-shaven at all times. Beards, goatees, and mustaches are a no-no. The Mansfield ISD student handbook mentions the word hair only once in the 133-page guide simply stating under accessories, quote, The following may not be worn during the school day. Hair that causes a health or safety hazard or a disruption of the school environment, unquote. So the question is, does hair make the student... If the Mansfield ISD had such a strict dress code regarding hair, my son would not have graduated, nor would he have been a Hispanic National Merit Scholar. 
Does hair make the student? Dr. Poole, the 1940s just called. It's time to restructure your policy. That's my comment. What's yours? We welcome all feedback about the program, whether it's about a specific news story or feature that you heard on the show or the, or the show itself. Feel free to chime in by email at comments at aboutmansfield.com or by voicemail at 817-435-9238. Again, that's 817-435-9238. We will read or play back some of the comments in a future show. Congratulations to Brandon Anderson, who was the first to correctly answer last week's trivia question, how many square miles is the city of Mansfield? According to the United States Census Bureau, the city of Mansfield has a total area of 36.4 square miles. Brandon receives a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden Grill. After the break, the trivia question of the week. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo. It is time now for the coveted trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Stevens Garden and Grill located at 223 Depot Street in historic downtown Mansfield. They are now open with new hours, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. You can find them on the internet at stevensgardenandgrill.com. This week's question is, the city of Mansfield is celebrating 60 years of parks and recreation this year. Which park is the oldest, and when did it open? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. In the city of Mansfield, which park is the oldest, and when did it open? Good luck, and thanks to Jan and John Cox and the great folks at Stevens Garden and Grill for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk with a Mansfield-based husband and wife team about art on so many different levels, from goats to tattoos and so much more. The show will be released on Wednesday, February 5. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.